We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Your guys, Cody and Derek, here joining us today. And guys, we have to talk about some things going into the offseason. Now, I understand it's five weeks before the regular season is even up and about a month and a half or actually two months before the NFL season is even over. But... This is the current situation that the Indianapolis Colts have put themselves in, and we as content creators are searching for something to talk about other than the lackluster performance that we're seeing week in and week out from the offense, and we need to see something change, and that is what this is going to be about. So we're going to talk about some of the things that are dead locks for what the Indianapolis Colts will do this offseason, not ifs, not ands, no buts. It's will be doing this offseason if they want to have some success, not only in the short term, but in the long term success of this franchise. So, Cody, I think the number one thing that we need to talk about, and it's something that every Colts fan has pretty much come accustomed to at this moment, is that this Indianapolis team needs its franchise quarterback. And we've been saying it for, we've even been saying it for back in last offseason, right? Even with the addition of Matt Ryan, we talked about, is there a possibility the Colts go and get their quarterback in 2023? Because, you know, you have Matt Ryan maybe for 2024. And now we're starting to see, you know, there's the strong possibility Matt Ryan may not even be on this roster come draft time this next offseason. Even if he is, he shouldn't be playing another down for the Indianapolis Colts as he currently is. So what do you think of the Colts finding their franchise quarterback in 2023's draft? You absolutely have to. Number one priority. There's no question. Nothing else matters except finding your guy. Like, And I've said this for weeks and weeks and months and months now. But like, do whatever you can. Ensure you get your guy. And yes, inherently, it is a risk to go get draft a quarterback that high. With rookies, it is that. You know, it's kind of a crapshoot in certain ways. Like, sometimes it translates, sometimes it doesn't. But like, at the end of the day, you have to give yourself and your fan base hope 
at the quarterback position. Hope for the long term. For the first time since Andrew Luck has retired, I'm going to be completely honest, you have to give your team hope. It may work out. It may not work out. But at the end of the day, you have to let your fans know you're trying. You understand how important the quarterback position is, and you're going to go get that guy and make it happen. Like, And there's multiple guys here. Nobody's perfect. None of these prospects are all flawed. They all have issues. But at the end of the day, there's a couple guys here who could translate to being that guy for the Colts. So, yes, I think 100% the move is to get a quarterback and not just get a quarterback, but draft a quarterback. So you have him on a cheap, you know, four year, potentially five year deal, you know, and you are, you can build around him like every other successful franchise in the NFL right now. You think of some of the powerhouse teams right now in the NFL. You think of the Bills. You think of the Ravens. You think of the Bengals. You think of, yeah, I can keep going on. You know, those are just a few teams that are consistently in the playoff hunt. Uh, those teams, notice the common trend. They went and they got their guy. I have to mention Kansas City as well because obviously. Like they, in Kansas City, they went up and they got Patrick Mahomes. They did what it took to go get him. And like, that's what it takes to get your guy, right? And so, yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. This is a lock. The Colts have to do this. Like they yeah. have no other choice at this point. They have put themselves in this situation. They have kicked the can down the road and it's finally come back and bit them in the butt. Yep. And they have to finally address it. They have no other op- option to do that anymore. They cannot add another stopgap. They cannot say, oh, we're fine with Matt Ryan for one more year because it's obvious Matt Ryan's not fine. <laughs> you know, yeah. He's not even decent option at this point. So, yes, 100%, you have to get your quarterback. You have to get your leader. You have to get your guy who's going to command this offense and hopefully – you know, be the next franchise quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years. Yeah. I mean, we've, like you said, kicked the can on this way too many times. You know, 2020, we neglected to trade up to go and get one. Uh, even in 2021, we heard that, you know, Ballard was interested in maybe going and getting Justin Fields, but ultimately didn't end up choosing that route. So, you know, multiple times where the Colts had a chance to fix this quarterback issue once Andrew Luck left, and now we are still stuck in that spot. And again, there will still be fans that are going to say that, you know, we need to wait till next year. We need to wait till next year. We need to wait till next year. Like, no, you can't keep putting it off. It's time to stop asking ourselves, oh, the next draft class will be better. Oh, the next draft class will be better. You, you fans do that all the time. It never turns out better. It just ultimately ends up being whatever position you put these guys in and it, it where we've waited too long and a couple of things to add on to it again. No. And for any, I know there's a couple of you that are going to be in the comments that are going to say, Sam Ellinger. Don't just, just don't just before you type it, just seriously, just take a second and just say, maybe, maybe I'm, I shouldn't type that. Okay. Because you know, you're wrong. Okay. Just, just stop. Okay, if Sam Ellinger had the chance, he would have been it by now. Just just take the hands off the keyboard and just let it go. And, and by the way, guys, I tweeted this earlier. Hey, listen, if we draft a guy here in these three years, in the next three years, he sucks. Just go get Arch Manning in 2026. There's this kid <laughs> that's going to Texas. Oh he wants God. to, he, he's, he's a Manning man. I mean, come on. You know, oh so it is what it is. But listen, and you know what? For, all intents and purposes, I, I I wouldn't even be opposed to the idea of the Indianapolis Colts going and getting somebody that's already in the NFL. The only problem with that is, is, you know, with 
certain players, you know, you'd have to, you have to pay them a lot more, right? So you, you right. have the issue of, you know, contracts and things of that nature, giving away more draft picks. So like Cody, when I was talking earlier with you in the season about, you know, the potential of Justin Fields, man, tell you what, if Indianapolis would have just thrown a first and maybe like a, a third or something at, at Chicago right there and then, they might have just taken it, man. They were, they were fire sailing their whole defense for a while, right? Like, who would have known, right? Because Justin Fields was not playing well through the first eight weeks. And obviously over the last five weeks has really transformed into a whole new different type of quarterback. Uh, so now it, it'd be almost impossible to steal Justin Fields away from Chicago. But the good thing is, is if Chicago keeps uh, if Chicago keeps losing, they're gonna have that number two pick. They may they could take a quarterback at that spot if they traded away Justin. But obviously that's that's for another conversation. But um, I mean, you know, there's been other quarterbacks. You know, people have talked about the Lamar Jackson thing. I I, I don't even know where you stand on that idea. What what mm-hmm. are your thoughts on that idea? Oh, gosh, like this one's so nuanced. You're gonna have like, to guarantee him, you know, two hundred and forty yeah. million. I mean, exactly, right? Can you can you afford that? You know, like I think for me, the reason why I want a rookie quarterback is just because, like, you have some weapons that you can surround him with already, and I'd rather have a guy that has that potential, um, but is a rookie and just build around him. Then you know, but obviously we know what kind of athlete Lamar is and what kind of player he is. Um, so like, if you get him, I'll be ecstatic, but like, I would hate to lose some of these guys too. Yeah. So can you have a best of both worlds potentially? Um, I don't know, but like, I think the biggest thing for me, the most enticing thing is just that cheap rookie deal that you get a quarterback on. Yeah, absolutely agree with you. Um, the second thing that is a guaranteed lock and that is hiring a new head coach this off season. No offense to Jeff Saturday, but we know with a, new quarterback coming into this system, Cody, that you have to try to find the right fit that is going to develop your next piece and be able to establish a community around this offense specifically that has been lost all this year. What's your stance on this team trying to find the new and best head coach for this team going forward? Yeah, I mean, you're right, 100%. Like, you need to go get your guy. You know, you, you need to have a thorough process, which Jim Irsay said they'll have. We'll see. Uh, and, yeah, just find the best guy for the job. I know there's been a lot of rumbling around Jim Harbaugh. What are your thoughts on that one? Like, I don't know how legit that is or not legit that is, but, like, you know, what are your thoughts on getting, make, you know, kind of swinging for the fences there and going and getting a guy who, track record-wise, he's actually been pretty successful, all things considered. Yeah, I don't I don't know how serious that is, you know, because I mean Harbaugh's got a great thing going at Michigan, right? I mean, that's yeah. the difference, right? I mean, he turned down the Minnesota thing to, you know, come back and or it was the other way around. I'm not sure. But either way, I mean, it, yeah, it, it'd be tough to get him away. But I mean, again, what the Rams are paying McVay what 15, 16 million a year, if not more, as a coach. I mean you're telling me that Ursay couldn't like throw that same thing at Harbaugh, right? Like, and especially for Harbaugh, who, again, like you said, he has a track record of being a coach in the NFL. Oh, and by the way, a pretty decent one at that. Took him to a Super Bowl. 
and he played with the organization. And he played with the Colts a long time ago. Right. So he understands the building. He understands the culture. He understands what it means to be an Indianapolis Colt. He played with in that building before. He has been with that organization before. He has been a head coach in both the college level and the NFL level, has been successful at both. And then on top of it, we've seen him take a unorthodox quarterback in Colin Kaepernick and take that 49ers team, which, you know, offensively wasn't anything spectacular, but had an elite defense and, you know, take them to a Super Bowl and almost win that. Right. So there were multiple times that Harbaugh has really been a good coach. And, you know, a lot of people question, you know, you are you going to have uh he's definitely a guy that knows how to command the locker room he understands what it takes to be an NFL head coach and then you know finding that offensive minded OC right you know finding a guy that can get creative with how you want to uh scheme up stuff like that um so again that is so important for the Indianapolis Colts and yeah if you ask me Harbaugh would definitely be the number one contender it's just ultimately, is he actually going to leave, though? Yeah, and there's some other head coaches' names that I'm sure when we get further into the offseason, we'll break down all these potential candidates as well. Uh, there's there's some good names here that I would, would love to have as the next Colts coach. But, yeah, certainly going back to the point here. Sorry, we got off on a little tangent there. Uh, head coach is definitely one. And could you? I don't know, Derek, because Jim, Jim Mersey says some things. I feel like you just never know with Jim Mersey. Um, but, like, could you throw in GM there? Because I don't know what about you, Derek, but I get this feeling that Ballard may not be a, around as long as a lot of people maybe think he will be. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because the, the only reason we didn't have that as a lock is because, again, Ursay said that, you know, Ballard's job is safer right now because obviously Ballard has done a little bit better of a job of you know, putting uh, some players on this team that better than what the way it was being coached. But again, I think what it comes down to is actually going and getting the quarterback, right? Because I think Ursay believes that Ballard and his squad of executives and scouts and whatnot do a very good job of evaluating players and bringing these guys in. And they definitely do. But the problem is, is like we just said, is you know, the inability to go and stretch for a quarterback. And if there was any year you were in the ultimate position to go and get one, this is the one right here. This is it. You're not going to get any, you're probably not going to get any lower on the draft spectrum than what you are right here. And it makes it much easier to give away some of your picks to be able to go and get a guy for your future. And if Ballard's incapable of doing that still, then we then we got some another change coming. But I think that's why he's keeping him around just to give him that one opportunity to make the right decision for this club's future that he hasn't done in a while. Yep, exactly. And we can move on as well because, you know, if you draft a quarterback, you got to be able to protect him. And the Colts have done a really not a great job at protecting uh, their quarterback this year. So we can talk about the offensive line. Um, in some way, in some fashion, the Colts need to add a couple pieces to this offensive line, right? Whether it's center, whether it's guard, heck, whether it's tackle. I don't know. Um, you have Ryman. I think he's looked fine. I think he's definitely been steadily improving. 
But that interior of the offensive line has has not necessarily been great this year. Uh, we already know about Ryan Kelly and how much he has struggled this year. I don't really see a scenario where he is back, you know, with the Colts this next year. Um, so, you know, do you roll with Danny Pencher? Do you get it? You know, do you add more competition there? Um, I think certainly I don't know how it's going to play out. We'll see. But certainly, Derek, I do think you need to address this offensive line in a couple different ways. Oh, 100%. And we're going to mention something uh, here in a few minutes about uh, one of those many things. But you're right. From a personnel perspective, I don't know how you fix it. Um, like you said, with the, we did a video just a minute ago, and we were talking about this offensive line. And you know, over the last three weeks, while this offensive line hasn't been great, uh, it has been far from bad over the last few weeks, ever since Jeff Saturday took over. Um, and that that definitely has been seen by a bunch of people who are paying attention to it. Uh, Ryman has really started to come into his own quite a bit. Uh, Nelson has, you know, been a little bit more consistent. Um, one thing I will say is, Jeff, why are you... Why are you switching Dennis Kelly and Matt Pryor at right tackle like as if you're mixing defense alignment? That's not how this works. It, it's funny. He it, Jeff said I switched them in and out because you know I didn't want them to uh, get a leverage on the tendencies and then uh, start game planning around it, which is really weird because it's like. That just goes to show you. I, I mean, I guess since obviously Braden Smith wasn't playing, I guess that just means that, you know, that's just how bad the depth has been. So I guess I can't really say too much, but it's just still a weird concept. But I mean, it's definitely you can't go into the the next season with this same group. Uh, you just can't. You, you got to get some guys, whether through the draft or through uh, the offseason that you need to start building a solid foundation behind what you have because clearly, you know, having Matt Pryor out there is not going to do you any good. Uh, having, I don't know how Bernard Ryman's going to uh, get better as the year goes on in the off season. I'm not sure if you're going to rely on that or not. I mean, I think you and I have specifically stated that if the Colts were unable to get a quarterback of their choosing, that the number one position that you want to address in that moment is left tackle. Unless like for some weird reason, like Will Anderson or Jalen Carter falls, then that's the only reason that you would ever go the opposite route. Um, but yeah, near, needless to say personnel on the offensive line, it needs to change in some way, shape or form. Absolutely. Yep, hundred percent. Um, and and I like what Will Fries has done. I like what Danny Pinter have done, but I more like them as backup guys. You know, not the starters. So I think they're nice, like you know, sixth, seventh offensive linemen. But like, I would much rather have some guys who I think have a little bit higher ceiling. Um, so I think those positions would be the two that I would personally address this offseason uh, before left tackle because Ryman was a higher pick, and I feel pretty good about where his progress is right now because keep in mind, Derek, this dude hasn't played much football in his career, right? He only played one year at Central Michigan. So uh, I feel like you you have some growing pains with Ryman, but like I think overall the results, the positives have outweighed the negatives so far. So I'm encouraged with how he's performed the last couple weeks especially, and I'll just have my eye on the next couple weeks here to see can he continue to play at a higher level here. Right.
Yep. So we can move on now to the next set here, and that is improving the pass rush. Uh, we look at the sack numbers for the Indianapolis Colts, and you know it, it's been it's been improved, Cody, but it has certainly been far from anything elite. Uh, the Colts are actually dead in the middle in sacks per game this year, uh, averaging two and a half per game. You know, the top team, ironically enough, the top team uh, in sacks per game is the Dallas Cowboys. They're averaging four per game. And then, you know, dead last is Chicago with 1.2, right? So we're dead set in the middle. And versus this team who is normally, you know, over the last several years has been like in the 20s, you know, sometimes even deeper than that. But while it has improved, you know, like you and I said that, the first what five six weeks of this season, it, it was it was virtually non-existent. Uh, the pass rush specifically, and then over the last four to five weeks, the pass rush has really started to become a little bit more of a factor, which has been great. While it hasn't been fantastic, it has been a little bit more consistent over the last few weeks. But I think you and I both agree that this pass rush is still a major need going forward with this defense. Yeah, and Yannick Ngakwe leads the Colts with eight and a half sacks, but those sacks have come very sporadically, right? Like a week ago against Pittsburgh, he had two sacks in that game. Um, and it seems like the last like five or six games, he's had the majority of those sacks. So he's not consistent. He's a flash in the pan. He has a couple games where he really looks good and then a couple games where he's invisible. So yes, 100%. And I don't think this is necessarily something you can do this offseason. This might be something maybe more next year if you have a top pick again. Say you have a rookie quarterback, you ride with him, you don't have a great season, you know what I mean? And 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 then you have potentially a top 10 pick or something around those those lines. Like you go and find one of those elite pass rushers in the draft. Like I see a scenario like that where you go and find your guy. Um, and it, Unless you were able to somehow find a guy in free agency, which they rarely hit, in free agency, any of these like super key guys because they usually are locked up long term by these teams. Um, Pay, he's looked oh, he's looked better this year. I'll say that. Um, yeah. he has been injured a little bit, but he's not an alpha right now. Um, Yannick Ngakwe's not. Dio's been a disappointment this year. So, like, you still have you've invested so much into this pass rush and you still aren't, you know, in the top half. So, it's an issue still. Uh, you still have some young guys, but you still need to go get, you know, that alpha guy there on that defensive line. Yep, hundred percent. And then the last thing that we'll talk about, guys, and you know, you do this every off season, but for the most part, this needs to be addressed more than anything with Indianapolis, and it's fixing some contracts. You know, and it's been very clear that you know Ballard has been not very good at contracts over the last few years. You know, we've, we've talked about some of the bargain deals he's gotten with some of these players uh, in respect to how they're doing performance-wise. But, I mean, it's safe to say, guys, that, you know, some of these, some of these stats uh, that players are putting up, contracts need to change. Uh, I'll give props to Ballard for holding his stance on Kenny Moore. Uh I don't even know if he gets another contract at all, Cody, with how things have gone this season for him. But, you know, you, you brought face on in here. He's done nothing to help this defense. 
You know, you paid Molly Cox $8 million uh, per year for the next three years to bring this guy in. And he's literally getting one target a game and he's fumbling it away every single time. So, you know, that contract needs to change. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's one of the, it's like one of the top 10 highest uh, co- contracts per yearly average of any, co- of any tight end in the league, which is utterly ridiculous. Um, the offensive line, as we have pointed out, Braden Smith does not deserve to be getting paid what he is. Quentin Nelson does not deserve to get paid what he is. Ryan Kelly is not deserving to get paid what he is. And then, of course, you know, you have Matt Ryan's contract. If you're going to keep him around the next year uh, and you know for a fact he's not going to be your starter, that contract needs to be brought down a lot. And, of course, on the defensive line, you know, I hate to say it, man, but, like, you know, Defoe, I mean, Defoe's been great. And, you know, he's already kind of taken a little bit of a contract drop. But, you know, five and a half sacks in 13 games, you know, when when he's supposed to be a dominant force in the pass rushing department, you know, that that getting paid, you know, anywhere from 15 to 20 million for him is just not going to cut it. I mean, you, you've got to create some space here. You're paying guys too much in places where they don't matter. and also paying guys who are not executing and being productive enough for the money you're paying them. So I think you and I both agree some people's contracts need to be fixed this offseason. There's a lot of them. Yeah, you're going to have to figure out how to get some extra money here from some of these guys that certainly don't deserve it, have not lived up, not even been close to their contracts. So yeah, whoever the next GM is, whether it's Chris Ballard or somebody else, they got a lot of damage control to do here in terms of contracts. You get some of these guys off their books and move forward, you know, because, you know, it's going to limit you and some of the guys you're maybe able to bring in that could be productive for you and could live up to those contracts. So, yes, you need to fix a lot of contracts. And I think within that, you're going to have to let some of these guys go, whether via trade or just outright cutting them. Like, it's got to happen. You got to be able to save some money. You cannot go into next offseason and next season having some of these contracts you have on this current team. You can't. Yeah. It's just not okay. Yep, absolutely. But that's going to do it for this one, guys. Let us know your thoughts on all these. Is there a thing that you guys think we missed? Uh, is there something that you feel we talked about that you don't think is actually going to be a lock for what the Colts do in this 2023 offseason? Let us know your thoughts, guys. We're really uh, curious to find out what you guys think. Thank you guys again so much for all the support. And as always, guys, go Colts. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.